billboard, baby, do a leap and make them dance when it come on. Everybody looking for a dance, throw the run on. Broadcasting on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, as well as WCPT 820 Chicago's Progressive Talk. It is the Matt McNeil Show, holiday edition. That's right, brand new to you. We just listened to Bill Corbett right now. It is my absolute privilege and pleasure to welcome from Mystery Science Theater 3000 and The Mads Are Back. Trace Bolu is kind enough to join us to talk about his life in movie riffing, his book, as well as other things in Hollywood. Trace, as always, an absolute privilege to be able to chat with you. Thank you very much for the time. Oh, thank you, Matt. Uh, I, I'm, I look forward to this. Uh, it's always fun talking to you. And uh, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Yeah, well, I've, I've never had you on the holiday show, and I said i got to do it one time at least. So I'm glad you're available. Thank you for that. Uh, for a lot of people out there, and especially Chicago, I want to make sure you under, remember who he is. Mystery Science Theater, Mystery Science Theater 3000, uh, Dr. Clayton Forrester. That's Trace. And, and of course, he was, he was the voice of Crow for many of the seasons, the classic seasons. Was on, how many years were you on that show, total? Um, well, from KTMA, which was 1989 or 88, the fans will correct me, uh, all the way up through 95, I think. So seven seasons, the fans will correct me. Uh. <laughs> uh, and then the, we did the film, too, so that's... Uh, I, I guess let's just say six or seven seasons. I went back and recently on one of the Friday links revisited one of your old original, and I've only seen one or two of the old original KTMA Minneapolis broadcast first season of the show. It was SST Death Race or Death Flight, I think it was. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What an atrocious film. You look a lot like Dan Gladden, by the way. I'm going to just call it out, you know, the baseball player Dan <laughs> Gladden. Uh, but the the thing about that, which was really good, was, and I've had actually people who I would consider to be experts on, you know, movie riffing and the history of MST3K. They say that's the film that you guys really started figuring it out and it really started to come together. Because as, as old as that film is and as kind of, as kind of, homemade TV, it, it, it comes across, it really has a lot of the elements which became, you know, synonymous with MST3K playing out in that film. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, that had so much to offer to it. It had oh. so many celebrities. Um, and, uh, and the timing of when that film was made, uh, you know, just worked perfectly for the, the era that we grew up in uh, and, and pulled all our references from. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd never really thought about that, but yeah, I think that's, we started gelling and, and, uh, you know, really going like, Hey, this is, we can, this, this is something, this is actually working good. It, it, it did. And obviously you are, I, I do, I've come to appreciate your comedic style because there are some times I will see, or I'll be hanging out with someone and they'll be riffing on something like a movie, just like you guys are. And they they don't they make the mistake of it's it's not quali quantity it's quality, and there was a lot of times I think that you guys you made sure that the movie stood there. I mean you you have to allow that movie to play off sometimes so everyone can appreciate really the atrocious piece of celluloid that you are watching, and and so it it takes a real a real smart comedic mind to not say okay we're just going to do every joke 
but to basically just pick the jokes, let the movie play, and not just try to overwhelm people with like 15, 20 jokes per minute. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, we really like these movies. We enjoy watching them. Otherwise, we couldn't live with them you know, <laughs> for such a long time. And and they are enjoyable if you have to let the movie breathe. and Because and, and, people really do, you know, like these films unriffed as well. Uh, and uh, there's so much humor that just comes out of just, you know, letting it play, like you say. Um, and we will cross that line quite a bit. We'll try to overstuff the turkey sometimes. Uh, but as you know, if you've ever made a turkey, you just need the right amount. <laughs> well, and you also, the way you just described it makes me realize it was MST3K was the natural evolution because I grew up as a kid in the 70s. And so Saturdays, you had these just atrocious movies, but they were free. You know, the, the, the TV yeah. channels back there would get them. And so you could either air it and act like this is our either a humdinger of a film, or you pay some guy to bit, sit there and intro it, talk about how bad it is, but not talk over it. What you guys then did and figured out was, you know, talking over it actually makes some of these movies a lot better. And we kind of discovered that by accident. Uh, originally, we were just going to talk about the movies or just kind of like make comments with ourselves. And once we got into that uh, studio, we realized we had to fill the air just for ourselves, you know, just to make it through that film. Uh, but, you know, Chicago has a rich history of, uh, of rich cause as Sven Gulli. Yes. And he's really the pioneer. He, he's been doing it since 78. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we just, you know, kind of pick up the mantle of those hosted horror hosts that we all grew up watching. Um, and I think, I think Sven's still the, the king of, of the hosted movie. He, he's absolutely wonderful. And you and Frank actually showed up on his show one time, not that long, a few years back, right? Yeah. You know, I had met, um, Rich at, uh, C2E2, which is the sci-fi convention in Chicago at McCormick's Place. Huge, huge uh, show. And I was there with the cast uh, and Paul Feig, the director and creator of uh, Other Space. And we had a table right next to Sven Gulli. And his line was out the door and around the block and all the way to Naperville. And <laughs> we were, <laughs> we go, well, who's this guy? And that's where I met Rich. And he's, he's just such a great guy. Um, uh, so yeah, he, and then he invited us on the show, uh, the next time Frank and I were in Chicago and it's like, yeah, definitely <laughs> we'll come on the show. You of course left MST3K. You did a few other projects out there. Uh, at some point you found your partner in crime, uh, Frank Conniff, of course, who would most up mystery science theater 3000 people would remember TV's Frank. Uh, and by the way, your segments, the segments you guys did were just going back and watching them were just brilliant comedy. You understood exactly what you were doing. And it was it, it reminds me a little bit. I, I was listening to an interview with David Letterman. And if you go back to David Letterman's first few years at NBC doing late night, it felt like you were watching just a bunch of guys set up a cameras in this building and they went. But it was brilliant. It was so good. And you guys, that same thing, those those segments you guys did with MST3K, 
um, were just as as entertaining and as funny as anything you did during the movies. I mean, it was really brilliant, and you and Frank just clicked absolutely on camera. Yeah, you know, we got really lucky. Uh, you know, we both are. Uh, we kind of shop at the same store. You know, we've been looking at you know Laurel and Hardy and uh, the Stooges and uh, the Three Stooges, not um, the rock uh, band. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, and, you know, we had the same, we came in with the same sensibilities and same appreciation of that kind of goofy, uh, humor. Um, and it's still paying rewards. Frank and I still work, you know, together, uh, to this day. So we, we must get along. Okay. You, uh, yeah. Part of that is food. We <laughs> like to eat the same kind of food. Well, that food is the best, man. I I'm, I'm a fan of food. And I mean, most of my existence is based on I, I, I don't I don't talk about going to visit museums or places like what do they got to eat there because I'm going to be sitting there I want to see what's going on there like I said I went down to New Orleans and I was like okay I'm fine I mean I don't need to see jazz and history and architecture and ghosts and vomiting people I don't need to see any of that I've got food I'm good down here yeah the, New Orleans is great we've we like to eat there uh our first time in Chicago uh we went to get deep dish pizza yeah and of course we had to order a large for the just the two of us and I think we finished it I think maybe we left one piece you know one for uh uh our homies uh but uh, we really made pigs of ourselves in, in Chicago the food I mean you can't you cross the street you got a different restaurant uh it's just I can't say enough about Chicago food. Oh, it is fantastic. No, I'm with you 100%. So at what point did you and Frank say, you know what, let's let's revisit this and, and go back to riffing? Because you guys, oh, once again, I should mention the Mads are back. This is you and Frank going on. You do it online. You do some live shows as well. But you guys got back to riffing, and uh, you've been wildly successful uh, with, with this as, uh, you know, kind of revisiting what you guys were very good at. Well, you know, that was nothing we do is ever planned. Uh, Frank and I were doing a few conventions, making a few appearances. Uh, and then he got invited to do, uh, to riff a movie um, at an atheist convention <laughs> in Memphis on Easter weekend. I think it was Easter day. And he said, hey, I got invited to riff this movie. Would you like to do it with me? And I went, yeah, okay. <laughs> that sounds fun. It sounds like dangerous. Uh, uh, so uh, that's where we started was Memphis. I think it was 2014, 2015. Um, and then the, the gigs just kept coming. Uh, and they've been building. And we've, the, the thing about Mystery Science Theater is the fans are the best fans across the board in any, any form of entertainment. Uh, and we have one fan uh, who lives in, uh, not Chicago, but south of Chicago. There's a little state called Indiana. Uh, uh, Joe Martin had picked up the mantle, and he, he started calling around to theaters all over the country and started booking us into theaters. And we did, um, I think, five years on the road, um, going from theater to theater all across the country. And, in, and we, did, uh, we played in London. Uh, one year. Mm. Uh, so our fans are the best. They kept us alive. Uh, they kept us out there on the road. And we're, I just talked to Joe a few minutes ago. We're, we're 
we're planning on going back on the road. You know, COVID kind of killed yeah. everything, yeah. you know. Uh, so uh, Frank and I are both older. I won't say old, but we are, you know, susceptible to uh, a few uh, things in the air. So we've been very cautious. But uh, I think we might start back, and we're going to start in Minneapolis uh, either this uh, this winter or this spring. Sweet. Oh, man. Let me know. I, I mean, obviously, I'll have you back on. We'll talk about that. I should mention uh, right now, according to your website, on January 9th uh, at 7 p.m. Central Time for Chicago, Minneapolis, a night of shorts 14, you're going to be doing a live stream screening. Is that still on? That is still on, yes. Okay. Uh, the shorts are my favorite. Uh, one, because they're short. <laughs> my attention span is not very long. Uh, and we usually do educational shorts, the stuff that was made in the 40s and 50s and early 60s, uh, with a very, very strong kind of Eisenhower era uh, view of the world. And there are, they're so fun to uh, uh, approach and tackle uh, because they're they're just great foils. They're they're the Margaret Dumont uh, of educational films, and uh, so the shorts are always fun. So yeah, January 9th, I got to write that down so I remember <laughs> be there. That's a, that's a good way. I should probably practice for that. Uh, the, uh, I think I love what I love about shorts is they always take themselves way too seriously, which means yeah. they're the perfect target to knock off the top of the hill. Yeah, yeah. There's there's something about that uh, that style that they were they were made in, and and we remember watching those in school. Uh, they would you know wheel in an actual film projector. Yep. Uh, kids, look it up. Google what that is, uh, and that. Uh, so we're very familiar with them from both ends. Uh, but yeah, they're always a always a great night. Uh, once again, I want to make sure I get this out here. The mads are back.com. The mads are back.com. I'll link to all this, uh, later after the show here, of course, January 9th, 7 PM central, a night of the shorts, 14. Uh, that's going to be happening in as well. Uh, a live tour that's going to be coming out and, uh, going around. Are you, you're going to be doing a lot of shows across the country. Well, right now, uh, we're just talking about one show. We're talking about dipping our toe back in the water of uh, live shows. Okay. And Minneapolis is the natural. We've got a relationship with a local theater that are very keen to uh, have us back. Okay. Well, um, I'll tell you what. Let's let, we'll, 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 we'll keep an eye on that because, once again, that's either going to be late winter or spring. We'll keep an eye on that. I want to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about your book as well as also some other things with movies. It's The Matt McNeil Show. The Matt McNeil Show, brand new to you. Once again, Trace Bolu is joining us talking about The Mads Are Back as well uh, as, once again, that live show. Keep an eye out. It's not set yet. It's going to be happening in Minneapolis either late winter, early spring. We'll I'll promo the living daylights out of it. I'll, we'll just let, so keep listening to this show. I'll let you know when it is. And then, of course, just go to themadsareback.com. You can find out all the information when that show gets announced. I did want to mention your book, Silly Rhymes for Belligerent Children. Talk a little bit about how you got into that. Well, um, I met uh, an artist, Len Peralta, 
um, at a convention, and I really wanted to work with him because uh, I really like his style. And uh, I said, well, let's, let's, I've got a bunch of these silly little rhymes. Uh, maybe you can illustrate them. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's as easy as it was. And Len is such a, a fast, uh, working artist, he he delivered stuff back to me like the same day, and I went, "That's too fast, Len. I can't work like that. Pressure is hard." Um, and he's uh, subsequently done all the covers for Frank Connop's books. So if you uh, if you want to read uh, those, go to Amazon. Uh, Frank Connop has all his books up there. Len Peralta's done all that art. Um, and it, we did this book about ten years ago, I guess. Um, but I still have copies in my garage, and that's why I'm promoting it. <laughs> <laughs> I love the line, a yucky big book of rainy day fun for belligerent children and odd adults with nothing better to do. Silly rhymes for belligerent children. Uh, you can find that. I'll, I'll put a link out as well on the social media pages. You can find a link there and as well, obviously, go to Amazon on, on that, too. I, oh, I, oh no, not Amazon. We're not. We're no, not, not there. No, no. Okay. I, I don't sell there. No, we. They took too big a bite. Okay. Like, hey, we're a little guy. Come on. Okay. Help us out here. Tracebelu.com. Silly rhymes. I will put the link for there. My apologies, sir. Oh no, no problem. I just don't need to help Jeff Bezos out anymore. I, I think he's doing okay. Those those obscenely shaped rockets aren't going to just build themselves, you know. Uh, I, I, know. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk with you about really quick because I know the the right the, the Hollywood actors and writers both settled their strike. Thank goodness. Um, and a major, you know, a point which they wanted to stand up for was this AI because AI is freaking terrifying. And you and what you do and what Bill Corbett does and and what all you movie reviewers do are kind of at the nexus point of this. Not only is it AI generated writing, but they could you know easily AI generate your character and and do movie riffing. It is somewhat terrifying when you think about how this could you know that without any say whatsoever, someone could basically steal your bit, your gig, your image, your voice. And run with this. Talk a little bit about that, because that's got to be a little concerning, considering how easy, especially as the AI companies are pushing it, it could come in and take over certain industries. Uh, yeah, I think it's already doing it. Um, I was reading about uh, Stephen Fry, who read the Harry Potter books in the UK. They've already stolen his voice and applied it to other things that he's not even aware of. Wow. Um, it's you know, you could kind of see it coming with, um, uh, there was a, kind of like a, a clutch cargo approach to like replacing mouths for a while and they, you could have them say anything, but now they can just like replace you as a person. Uh, I don't know how you can control that. I don't know how you police it. You know, it could show up on another part of the world and, uh, you know, have you do any kind of thing that would be, you know, against every principle of human beings? Uh, it, it is it is frightening. Um, I heard on the radio the other day that um, that AI is very good at detecting AI. Mm-hmm. So maybe there'll be a like a robot gatekeeper um, or. You know, let the robots watch themselves, you know, 
We can go out and go walk in the woods or something. AI isn't going to replace that. <laughs> well, there is the hoping the robots find a conscience and, you know, hey, yeah, you know, he, that's not real as opposed to, of course, human. That is another human, human. You know, there yeah. is that concern, too. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it, it, it's potential to replace just about anything that's entertainment related. Uh, you know, books on tape or uh, yeah. tape. Oh, hello, Grandpa. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's uh, being in the early stages of it and not knowing just the total uh, repercussions is, is a little frightening. I have seen the arguments, too, that it's like, oh, don't worry about it. it it's all just uh, they're making more out of it than, than you need to. But, you know, when when the robot from the future, you know, appears in my driveway and he needs clothes in my motorcycle, then I'll start worrying. Uh, this year, you and I, over the years, and I've talked to you many times, I'm so glad to, to have you on in Chicago now, but you and I have talked about movies. It does look like this year, thanks to Barbie and Oppenheimer, the movie industry is, it's not back to the levels it was pre-COVID, but it's pretty close. It's getting there, and we'll have to see what Wonka and the rest of these movies do at the end of the year, but uh, was there a movie this one year that you you saw that either you said was a great movie or said, boy, but do Frank and I need to do a number on this one? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there, there's so much on both sides of the, of the coin. Um, I just watched Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. Uh, and and Oppenheimer and Barbie. I've seen all the, the big ones. Um, but I, I, I haven't picked one out yet that would be perfect for us. <laughs> uh, to riff on um, those three movies take care of themselves they're you know you can't touch them um, but I'm, I'm I haven't gone back to the theater myself um, and I haven't really needed to uh, since everything's online everything's you know on, on Apple or Netflix or Amazon uh, that's the part that that I'm, I'm not thrilled about uh, people have forgotten how to behave in movie theaters. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. When I saw Barbie in the theaters and I was like, okay, all right, let's stop with the howler monkey exhibit. I'm with you on that. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we, You're being polite. <laughs> we, we uh, this has been wonderful. The mads are back.com. The mads are back.com. Silly rhymes for belligerent children. You can find that at tracebaloo.com. I'll link to both of those. Trace, uh, all my best coming up in 2024. Thank you so much. It's an absolute privilege chatting with you. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Matt. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Hour two up next for Minneapolis, St. Paul, Chicago. See ya.